podcast listeners, and welcome to this special edition of our Pregnancy Help Podcast. So over the recent weeks, um, I've been encouraged by these two wonderful ladies, and I thought perhaps their message um, could encourage our housing leaders and any leaders um, as they kind of face their mission out in the current, current realities. I know by nature, I am more of a melancholic. I'm a really serious person. I like to think about things really deeply and all that can feel um, rather weighty, frankly, um, and needing myself needing to kind of constantly return to a place of encouragement and a place of hope and a place of kind of looking and, and seeking out positive influences. So with that, I am so pleased to welcome Emily and Sue to this podcast. Emily, why don't you just tell us quickly about who you are and then Sue, you can take it from there with a quick introduction as well. Sure. Hi, everyone. My name is Emily Prince, and I am the founder and executive director of Expect Hope, which is located in the Bronx, New York City. And I, uh, our home has been up and running for about two years now, so I'm on the younger side, but God has just continued to prove himself faithful, and I am very happy to, to pour out of the encouragement that so many others have poured into me. Thank you, Emily. And this, I'm Sue Baumgarten, everyone, and I am um, with you guys uh, from Houston, Texas. The ministry that I've been a part of for a very long time is called Lifehouse of Houston, and we were formed in 1988. So we're 32 years old, and we have three homes that we operate. And I have, I got, I was not a founder, but I got involved with the ministry in the early 90s. And I, with, along with my husband and three children, lived as the house mother for two and a half years, uh, back 95 to 97. I've uh, been a board member off and on. I led the board for six years and I can't even remember all the different things that I've done. I've been a volunteer. I've been a board member. I've been a house mother. Uh, Most recently, I was the executive director for uh, three and a half years, and I raised up someone from within the organization that the Lord brought and raised her up and mentored her and handed over the reins to her in the fall of 2017. And since uh, 2017, I've been serving back on the board of directors and also able to serve the maternity housing ministry movement uh, uh, nationally, helping with the National Christian Housing uh, Conference and also the National Maternity Housing Coalition through Heartbeat. So I'm a little old, um, and that's why my uh, resume is a little longer. (laughs) I don't know about that, too. So over recent weeks, I've been in meetings with both of these ladies and, um, and just really kind of felt the joy in them. And for me, that was, I wanted to kind of somehow bottle that joy and be able to share it with the rest of the housing community. So we're going to kind of talk about encouragement and some of the, the facets of that, um, especially in our current reality. So um, Emily, I know I've heard you give kind of updates on behalf of your organization saying that you're in the abortion capital and the COVID capital, um, and yet your mission continues. Can you just talk a little bit about kind of the, just what we're doing and, and, and its criticalness in this time and how maybe that, that shapes you and shapes your ongoing passion for this mission? 
Absolutely. So, I mean, first and foremost, one of my biggest rocks is just to remember that this is God's mission. This is all on Him. And so my job is to be obedient to the task he calls me to that day and nothing more and nothing less. I think a lot of leaders, especially executive directors, program directors, you know, house moms, anyone who's leading a group of people within the pregnancy help uh, organization movement can feel a lot of times like the weight of the world is on their shoulders. Um, One of the things that has really helped um, lift that burden is just to cast our cares, cast my cares on God and to say, God, this is your mission. You have proved yourself faithful before. You are going to prove yourself faithful during this this specific time, and I'm waiting in expectancy to see how you're going to do that. So I think that can take the edge off a little bit, the more we can focus on that truth. And then, yeah, I mean, obviously these mothers, we are serving women who are pregnant, who have nowhere to go, and that is a constant need throughout all seasons, throughout all states in our country, throughout the world, Um, but specifically during this time of a pandemic, um, maybe places that might otherwise have been open to them are now closed, or maybe they're more abortion vulnerable because of just kind of the spirit of fear that is in the world right now. So I think more than ever, it's important for us to be focusing on our mission statements, that we exist to provide this supportive housing for mothers to support them um, in, you know, their times are always uncertain because they're coming to us in a crisis pregnancy or an unexpected pregnancy. But now with, um, with, you know, germs left and right and before and behind us, you know, that kind of adds a level of anxiety and fear. And so I've just really encouraged my staff, what better time to speak? Jesus to these women to be the hands and feet of Christ, to give them food, to provide them with material support, and then just to speak the peace that only comes from the Holy Spirit over them when the things of this world that maybe used to look like they gave them security are showing even more so that there's not true security out there in the world apart from Jesus. So absolutely, our mission is more important um, now more than ever, and, and just to stay faithful to that and remember that God is the same God, and God has seen many pandemics, and He knows the brokenness of this world, and his heart is here with us, and he has given us all the tools we need to come through it. No, thank you, Emily. That I think for me, we know some of our homes have had to, you know, modify their mission or change their mission or in a desire to protect the women that they're serving, um, you know, maybe aren't um, kind, of, kind of proactively kind of diving in. And that might be the decisions that different organizations need to make. Sure. But I think it's also a desire, you know, to kind of how do we kind of get out of fear piece and really rise up with courage, um, rise up to innovate, you know, and adapt to the changing needs. So any kind of encouragement for folks as they're trying to wrestle with this reality of, yes, on one hand, there's a good in protecting the women we serve. And yet, on the other hand, there's this good in like there's unmet need that we need to address. Uh, can you speak into kind of that dynamic at all? Well, I think that the opposite of fear, or I've been taught this, that the opposite of fear is faith. And as we 
embody faith in our uh, ministries. It is as, as, as believers in Christ, we have bought a lie that we are supposed to be safe more than being safe. We are secure in who we are in Christ. And we also understand that we are only sojourners through this world and that this world is not our eternal home. Our eternal home is forever worshiping our Lord and Savior. So being kingdom minded in what all that we're doing, we need to put fear aside and lead with faith. We have to remember that the, the virus is not God, that God is sovereign and that God will provide and protect and defend the cause that we are uh, walking out in our ministries. So it's very important that we as me, like as a board member and Emily as the executive director, that we do not lead our ministry in fear, but instead we lead the ministry and the people, the staff, and then the women that we serve by exhibiting a faith, a faith that is anchored. And, and the anchor has to be firm during the storm. And if that means we have to lean in and fast and pray and study the word um, as a board of directors and as staff, then so be it, because God will rise up in us. His spirit will rise up in us and the fear will be overcome with faith. Thank you, Sue. I'd love to add that one thing that has helped me personally and our group is just to remember that perspective that although the world might be in crisis, the kingdom of heaven is not in crisis. God is not in crisis. He saw this coming. He knew this was going to come. He's working in the midst of it, and he sees he sees us on the other side of this. So the most important position I believe we each can be in is that position of going before the Lord and really just surrendering before Him and saying, God, what is my role in this? What decision do you want me to make? Perhaps for my home, that's, you know, stopping future intakes for the season. Perhaps it's continuing with precautions. It might look different ways for different homes, and even policies within the homes might look different. But the most important thing is that each of us is walking in obedience to what we feel that God is asking us to do in this season. Trust that he has it all under control. Amen. So to do that well, right, to kind of have that sense of faith to really seek um, God and walk in faith and walk in his obedience, um, you know, there's there's certain habits and needs for us as individuals and as leaders. I know two of them, as we were kind of prepping, that came up. One was the idea of rest and renewal. Um, we also talked about the importance of community and relationships. Uh, maybe you guys could share either one of those or another um, element just in your own leadership walk, especially now when when things can feel very weighty. Um, what what are you doing to stay encouraged and to stay connected and to stay um, tied to your mission on a heart level? What are some of the things that you, that you both are doing? 
Sure. Emily, you want to go first? Sure, I think so. Um, yeah, Mary, I mean, I think you said some of that together. I mean, to stay encouraged is to stay connected. Um, one of the things that really I put in place about a year ago on recommendation from one of my mentors is to have someone speaking life and encouragement into me every single day of the week. So I have about seven very committed, very faithful people who um, will have a day of the week, let's say Monday, and every Monday they send me either a Bible verse or a song that's been on their heart or a prayer that's written out. Because it's one thing, you know, for people to say, oh, yeah, I'm praying for you in your ministry. You know, it's another thing to hear their prayer or to see it written out and to just have that that encouragement fueled to you on a regular daily basis. And as executive director or as a board member, it's it's really important to have that kind of continual lifeline of of truth, of God's truth. And so I would just encourage anyone listening today to maybe consider asking, you know, a, cr- a close group circle around you of five to seven people if they would consider picking a day of the week to um, bring you to the Lord in prayer to cover you in that sense and to just share, um, speak truth into you. So I think connecting in that sense, also connecting with other people in the pregnancy help movement who maybe has your same role. I had the privilege of connecting my program director with a program director of another home recently, and it's just so needed. It's so needed for people to kind of say, hey, me too. I'm dealing with, you know, unique pressures and stresses of this position in this state, and I'd love to hear how you're handling it in California or Iowa or wherever the case may be. So really just staying connected to the people of God. God's put us in community. He's made us relational beings. And to think that we could possibly do this alone is an absolute illusion. Um, So we absolutely need the Holy Spirit, first of all, leading from His presence, and then second of all, the people of God committed coming alongside us in a um, a very personalized way. Yeah, I can't, I love, Emily, that you got, you have someone every day uh, getting in touch with you and praying over you. At Elijah House in Houston, we do a, a weekly prayer, not a daily prayer, with, the, with the, the board leaders and the staff, and it, and it keeps us in that community and in that loop. But then something that uh, Lifehouse uh, instituted for our women you know, because we've been around for such a long time, we have a very healthy aftercare program of women, not necessarily who live with us postpartum, but but once you come to live at Lifehouse, you're part of the Lifehouse family. And so staying connected uh, with these women as they um, journey on in their life is very important to Lifehouse and something that they've just started over the past with it might be the COVID that started that was the impetus of this, but they're doing um, a devotional at noon every day on Facebook. So our, our women in a, a closed group of an aftercare group can come to Facebook on uh, every day at noon and there's a live uh, devotional to keep them in community because it's, they need to be anchored and and then really tethered to the boat uh, so that they don't feel like they're going to sink. So that's been a really great way to 
stay connected and in community with our women who are not even living in our homes anymore. That's so beautiful. Thanks, Sue, for sharing that. I'd love to share a couple other practical points like that that we've done as well. The weekly prayer is wonderful. Our board currently does a monthly prayer that the board and staff come together that night of the of the month and just praise, and it's such a renewing time for the staff, for the board to be connected. Um, something we put in place for our residents is kind of on a rotating basis um, for a half hour after we have team meeting and staff meeting as uh, staff, one of, we'll, we'll ask one of the moms to come in and the whole staff will just speak truth and life and pray over this mom um, so that not the only time we're all meeting together is when there's a concern or an issue, but that this mother can just kind of feel that community blessing from the whole staff. And so, you know, it might be once a month depending on how many mothers we have. Um, but that's been, a, a, I believe, a source of encouragement to the mothers. And then also we just instituted that once a month we're having a board member address not only the staff, but then also the residents. So yesterday was actually our inaugural board member addressing, um, and it was done over video chat because of the times we're living in right now. Um, But this board member spoke to the staff about a topic that's been on her heart, um, joy and gratitude in the midst of all seasons. And then the residents came in and the board member spoke with the residents. And so that was just kind of a really cool kind of inter- generational per se um, inc- way of way of staying connected and just again it all comes back to speaking truth over each other yeah no thanks those are beautiful examples I love the idea of just pouring blessing over the the moms um, in the various ways that you're doing it uh, Emily I've heard you use the phrase um, leading from a place of rest I, I think that was a phrase that I picked up from you can you explain what that means to you well, I don't, I don't know that I'm the most qualified person to speak on this. God is really doing a lot of work in me and my heart to understand what that means and what it looks practically. Um, but I think most people in leadership positions, um, are super go-getters and, and are kind of American, uh, I would say burden in a sense, the whole idea of pulling yourself up for your bootstraps, et cetera. That's not a biblical concept at all. And um, right. as I've been growing in my maturity of the Holy Spirit and understanding like how does God want us to serve, the instances we see in the Bible are really his most fiercest leaders are leading from a place of surrender, are having their shoes off on holy ground, are stopping and looking at the burning bush, are stopping and listening in the cleft of the mountain, you know, are stopping. And so um, I really tried to be studying a lot more. And um, someone who has blessed me a lot is uh, the author Ruth Haley Barton. Um, she's written a book called Sacred Rhythms, Invitation to Retreat. She has a podcast as well. Um, oh, oh, what was the other book? Um, Strengthening the Soul of Your Leadership. Uh, and she's written a lot on what does it look like to kind of stop this Americanized Christian breakneck pace of serving the Lord and almost losing your relationship with Him in the process to kind of stepping back and... Um, kind of 
how how is Jesus able to do miracles on the Sabbath? Because it wasn't a legalistic uh, working and resting. Jesus was always serving from a place of rest. He listened to the Father's voice. He knew when to move on from the crowds. I mean, his ministry was done in three years. I mean, you heard how long Sue's been <laughs> doing her ministry for. I mean, why didn't she stop at three years? Jesus could, you know. It's just pretty amazing to think that that God had Jesus appointed for a certain period of time, and Jesus was able to leave this broken world and trust God, trust the Holy Spirit to continue to um, carry out His kingdom. And so I think that idea of being before God and um, really just being open-handed and surrendered is is how we need to be. So one of the songs I was going to share was called Just Be Held by Casting Crowns. If you haven't heard it, I encourage everyone to listen to it. Um, but if it's okay, Mary, can I read a few of the lyrics that I think goes right to what you were saying? Yeah, please do. All right. So, um, all right. So just be held by casting crowns. So it says, hold it all together. Everybody needs you to be strong, but life hits you out of nowhere and barely leaves you holding on. I think we can all <laughs> relate to that in this mm-hmm. season, especially. And it says, and when you're tired of fighting, chained by your control, there's freedom in surrender. Lay it down and let it go. So when you're on your knees and answers seem so far away, you're not alone. Stop holding on and just be held. Your world's not falling apart. It's falling into place. I'm on the throne. Stop holding on and just be held. If your eyes are on the storm, you'll wonder if I love you still. But if your eyes are on the cross, you'll know I always have and I always will. And not a tear is wasted. In time, you'll understand. I'm painting beauty with the ashes. Your life is in my hands. Lift your hands, lift your eyes. In the storm is where you'll find me. And where you are, I'll hold your heart. Come to me, find your rest in the arms of the God who won't let go. So, yeah, I just love this song. And I was listening to this morning, and it is hard to surrender. It is hard to just obey and say, God, what is it that you have for me today? Um, I need to conquer the world, (laughs) P.S. But God might be like, no, you don't. You need to stay here, bathe yourself in worship, journal, pray, speak into your staff, speak truth to this person and that person, and I've got this, you know? Yeah, no, that's it. I'm definitely going to look up that song uh, now that you've said that. So, yeah, thank you for, for sharing those lyrics and helping me hear it again, you know. Listening to I could hear the song in my head, but it's really, it is a beautiful witness for this time. So I think part of the burden of leadership is that, you know, all these people are counting on you. They're looking to you to have the answers, right? They're the moms, the staff, uh, your donors, you know, are needing to hear from you and hear, kind of be reminded and know that you're a um, you're, you know, you're anchored in this time. And that's really hard to do when things are changing, when it's uncertainty, um, when, you know, when we're not sure when the uncertainty is going to lift, you know, there's uncertainty about the uncertainty even. So I, I guess any sense of how to just carry that burden as a leader? Well, a good leader, like Emily was saying, is one who is surrendered um, and whole, and does not cling or hold on to things tightly so when we're trying to 
lead through a crisis, the most important thing that we can do is to lean into the Lord and get our marching orders from him. You know, it's not about, it's, it is not about being right. It is about being present. I mean, so as leaders in ministry in this time, it's important that we're present in the community, that we're present with our staff, that we, we, we practice not only the presence of God in uh, rest and renewal and, and our uh, very important quiet time, devotional time with the Lord, but that then we are present um, with our staff and present in our community. And if, and if that means that, you know, we make little videos and we post them or that we uh, are sending out little notes to people handwritten or um, via email, just a, a, a way to be present, not always right, but have um, just a God-sized view and faith about what is going on. As Emily said earlier, this pandemic did not take God by surprise. And so as we are trusting him to lead us, we're just going to be following him step by step. And it, it, it's like I said, it's not about that we know anything, that we are in control. It's more that we practice his presence and be present. I love that, Sue, and I love how, I mean, what you described to me, I like to call have a Mother Teresa moment. <laughs> so before this all happened, I would go into the home once a week for a team meeting, staff meeting, but I would tour the home for about an hour before that and just see who I see and just kind of trust God for the divine encounters he wants me to have just by giving that gift of presence. And so whatever mama I saw, whatever baby I saw, I might be praying over a baby for certain, you know, certain thing that God puts on my heart or speaking encouragement to a mom who's having a really hard week, just go walking through the home and just having that what you said, giving that gift of presence. I mean, as leaders, we have the immense uh, ability to help our staff and our homes with affect regulation. So the more they see us calm and joyful, which is not a a pretend calm and joy. We we acknowledge this is a difficult time. This is an uncertain time. But when they hear our tone of voice, see our face, see how just the presence and gentleness of the spirit we're abiding in that that encourages them to abide in it as well and so i just want to absolutely um affirm what you just said yeah well thank you both for the ways that you're exercising leadership um just grateful for your insights and your your witness and, and testimonies of of how kind of being anchored to christ and surrendered to christ has allowed you to, to do that Maybe uh, just as a closing thought from each of you, um, I'm certain that there are members of our housing community that are um, feeling feeling burdened, feeling um, feeling a little nervous, scared, but you know, looking toward the future with the uncertainty and and um, and experiencing that with some pain. As you just had the chance to speak into their lives, is there kind of a core message? I know we've we've hit on some great ones, but just want to give both of you the chance. To, to kind of speak into anyone that you can envision in, in our housing world that is hurting? I think a lot of the people that I've talked to 
our concern, Mary and Emily might feel the same way. You know, what's going to happen with fundraising? Are we going to be able to keep our doors open? Um, just I hear uncertainty and I want to, and this is where I want to be a big cheerleader and be an encourager to all of you out there to understand that this God that we serve owns the cattle on a thousand hills. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. What we are doing in our service, our ministry, our kingdom work, we have to remember that it is not ours. It is his kingdom work. And because the work that we are part of is his, we rely on him, he who owns the cattle on a thousand hills, to be our Jehovah Jireh. Our God provides. And we need to put all of our chips in the camp of trusting that he is who he says he is. He is faithful to his word, to perform his word, and God will provide, and you will be amazed at how he does things that only he can do. You will see as a ministry leader his provision in ways you did not expect, and your chin will drop, and your knees will bow to this Lord of Lords and King of Kings who loves what we do in the housing ministry. Amen. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Sue. Beautiful, Sue. Yeah. I mean, I think a little example I can share that just happened yesterday. I got news that we are going to have an increased expense. Um, and it's <laughs> the last thing you want to hear when you're kind of figuring out how um, our current expense is going to be funded. But I had just gotten that news and literally five to ten minutes later, I got a text from one of the pastors of one of our partner churches and said they have set aside specific funds during this time. And do we have any extra financial needs or unexpected expenses right now. <laughs> and I was Praise almost like, <laughs> I was struggling with my affect regulation in the moment. And I'm like, what? You know, but God is so gracious. So, I mean, who knows how that's going to turn out? I mean, but God, he, he will provide, I think, my biggest test of, I mean, it comes down to gritty faith. That's what it comes down to. And that, God, you are in control no matter mm-hmm. what. And God does close doors sometimes, even contrary to what we might have thought. But I mean, even in the most drastic case that doors may close, I trust 1000% that he is putting putting you on an even greater path for his advancement of his kingdom. So the kingdom of God is not shrinking. Let's remember that. It's never shrinking. It's always expanding and advancing. So sometimes it might look different to us, but sometimes even things that are closed doors, perhaps God is doing that to open even greater doors in another area that we maybe would have never pursued or never gotten connected with if that hadn't happened. So I just want to encourage you and just be another song that was really on my heart was Even If by Mercy Me. A lot of you have probably mm-hmm. heard this and a certain, <laughs> a certain season in my leadership about a year ago, I was singing this song. No, 
crying this song on repeat because I just, I could not um, believe the amount of losses that I was experiencing and the, and the difficulties the ministry is going through. And um, I think for, for maybe some ministries that things are going all right and the grants are coming in and the SBA approved their thing, you know, it might be easy to sing when there's nothing to bring me down. This is in the song, you know, but what will I say when I'm held to the flame like I am right now? So especially those who are experiencing difficulties, for those of us who didn't get the grant in the first round of funding, um, for those of us who are experiencing loss, maybe even within our own families, um, and we can't even grieve uh, properly in the sense that we've normally grieved with family funerals, etc. Um, it might be the question like, God, why am I going, can I even go through all this pain and all this journey of healing and serve a ministry at the same time? It, it might feel mutually exclusive, but I will continue on the song. I know you're able and I know you can save through the fire with your mighty hand, but even if you don't, don't. My hope is in you alone. And it's saying, give me the strength to be able to sing it as well with my soul. And so I think mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's it's like pray this over and over, put worship music on. It, you know, the, the hard, difficult times are real. They're real. I mean, if they weren't real, we wouldn't even be serving in the pregnancy help organization. There wouldn't be women to serve. But we serve, we, we live in a broken world. There is difficulty. And I think this is the time to just, as Sue said, lean in to that faith, that gritty faith that knows beyond a shadow of a doubt that God has a plan. It might look different than what we think it will, but we do believe in God and it is well with our souls. Amen. Amen. Yeah, awesome. Thank you, both of you. I am remembering we used to gather and pray the Psalms, and there's one that's like, be encouraged with the encouragement of the encourager of Christ. You know, it's like encouragement in the same scripture over and over again. And I always laughed. It was just such weird English, you know, to use the same word over and over again. But just listening to you, I heard that, you know, it's this constant message of to be encouraged. Um, so thank you for the different ways that you express that and just the, the encouragement that you gave to me right now in this moment um, and to our housing movement as it goes forth. We're really grateful for your leadership within our movement. So blessings on your good work and thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Mary. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Pregnancy Help Podcast. To subscribe to future episodes, access resources related to today's session, or listen to previous episodes, visit www.heartbeatinternational.org podcast. Thanks for tuning in.